I'm Glenn Schultz, and today I'm once again joined by three students as we discuss the challenges and opportunities facing Gen Z. So please stay tuned to learn more about this amazing generation of young people. It is my pleasure to welcome back to Kingdom Currents, Kelsey, Lauren, and Blakely. These three young ladies are currently students in a Christian school. Kelsey is a senior, while Lauren is a sophomore and Blakely a freshman. Uh, ladies, welcome back to Kingdom Currents. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of discussion and some good talk the last time, and we talked a lot about the challenges facing Gen Z. Uh, we, we dealt with the whole social media influence and how it's really led uh, to a very isolated and lonely generation of young people. And we see that in mental health issues and things like this. Uh, today, I, I want to begin our discussion by asking you uh, each to share what impact the Christian school has had on you personally. So Blakely, I'm going to start with you, a freshman. Yeah. So I think that the people that you surround yourself with are so important to shaping who you are and who you become. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So there's the people that are around you affect you greatly, and they just affect who you are, what you're striving to do, what you're coming from. Um, so when you're in a Christian school and you're surrounded by these people, though they might not have it perfect, when you have the same goal in mind of like, hey, let's do this life thing together. Let's figure out this crazy time in our lives, and let's all have it for the purpose of glorifying God. When you do that, every other area of your life just seems to work out, work out better. Like sports— um, for example, we had two teams this year, two seasons. One of the seasons we kind of sat down before and we're like, Hey, let's make this a family. Like, let's make this the type of thing that we want to look back on 30 years from now and be like, I'm so glad that I had that. We also had another team this year where the, the people weren't exactly meshing really well. Um, they didn't talk through their issues. And so then we have both of those examples. The first season, we didn't really go far. Second season, one state. So people look back and we don't talk about the team that one state, we talk more about the team that had that close connection together. So I think just having a good godly foundation among everything that we're doing in every single area of our lives is so important. Also, I think that people's minds, our youth's minds all work very differently. So some people are more feely. Some people are more like thinkers. So whenever you look at this whole doing life with God thing from every single subject in class, so you have like in English, you talk about literature and you talk about how God's revealed himself to different authors. It kind of more touches on that. And then you go in biology and you learn how God uniquely designed each of us all to work together. And it kind of shows when you have a Christian education, then you look at everything a little bit differently because you're looking at it through the point of God ordained it this way. Okay, very good. I'm going to jump over to Kelsey, our senior. Uh, you've been in Christian schools all your life. Yeah. So how, how has that changed your life? I mean, I think for me, um, a big part of that is probably like the teachers at a Christian school, just because I feel like they are so involved in like my life personally, like, you know, from my English, my math, my science teacher, my Bible teacher, they're all so involved and they're consistently pouring out into my life about, hey, um, you know, I want you to excel in math, but I also want you to understand the biblical principles that was you know, seeing with mathematics and all this stuff and just being able to not only just teach me, but care about my life and my future and what that looks like. And I think like kind of what Blakely said, being surrounded in a place where Jesus is talked about 
shaped me in the best way possible because I was it was so open it's you know it's just on the table it's not something that like I know sometimes when you go to um public schools and stuff it's like a can of worms when you open that but it's like at a Christian school you're able to openly talk about it and you can talk about the challenges and the temptations that you face and you know you're not ridiculed for it you're people are like understanding and they're like yeah that's those are things you're gonna face in a fallen world and it's not that um they're just satisfying that but they're saying like hey we see you we hear you and here's you know what the bible says about it here's ways that you can work in that and work to you know better your relationship with god and the season you're in with life and all that stuff and um i really do think the christian school that i was that i am in currently is one of the reasons i want to be a teacher one day because i see how much they care and see how much they love their job and yes at times get tough and you know especially exams and tests and end of the quarters coming up and all that stuff but they're still so intentional with everything they do and I think that means the most to me I mean my science teacher is the reason I want to teach science because she not only showed me the amazingness of what physics and chemistry has but how you can legitimately see God's design in every single thing that you look at from the stars to the makeup of a cell to the math behind it. It's like there's no possible way that could just be, you know, a coincidence. It's like, no, there was a God behind it. And I, I want to show people in Christian schools or out of Christian schools, wherever God places me, that there is a creator behind that. And that the way I was raised in my school has showed me that the importance of that is what matters most. Okay. All right. Now, now on our last episode, when we talked, Lauren, you were in public schools and now you've been in Christian schools. This is your third year. Uh, So you can do some contrasting and, and, you know, what impact has the Christian school had on you? Oh, wow. I think the schooling has been such a huge part of my testimony. Just my transition from a public school to a Christian school has just done wonders for me, especially with my mental health. Um, in a public school setting, I always was considered myself a wallflower. I didn't want to stand out to anyone. I was there. I kept my head down. I did what I was told to do. Um, I think a lot of times, like even some of my peers would just like come up to me and like ask me something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in that class with you. And they were like, oh, really? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I just kind of felt very invisible and it was really hard on my mental health. I spiraled through anxiety and depression and it led me down a lot of hard roads. Um, did, did, did that happen because you felt like you didn't have people of like-mindedness to go to? I think that I wouldn't even consider myself pursuing a relationship with Jesus at the time. I was in church my whole life. And I was very two-faced. I had one personality at school that was just keep my head down. But I had this super outgoing personality at church. I remember one time bringing one of my school friends to church with me and asking her right after because it was just been a burning question in my mind. Hey, do I act different at school than you saw me at like my youth group where I brought her? And she was like, absolutely. And it was no hesitation. And I think that moment was what the Lord convicted me of you're doing something wrong. Like you're missing this consistency and this real relationship with me where the true love that I have for Jesus now comes out in every conversation that I could have with someone. And 
the relationship that I had with Jesus then wasn't deep enough to where it would come out in any part of my life, except when I was at church and they needed an answer for okay. a Sunday school question. You know, as I've been listening to you talk, uh, uh, it's been interesting because I've had a lot of Christian parents and church leaders and even some teachers tell me that, well, we want our children to experience the real world, so we're not going to send them to the Christian school because that's just a hot house and they won't be ready for the real world. Uh, is the real world, do you have to face that when you're in a Christian school? Yes, most definitely. I would say just because you're in a Christian school does not mean that there's no sin in it. I mean, I think sometimes it can be even worse because there's an expectation that's put on the table and it's just like public school sometimes. I mean, it all depends on the set of the atmosphere. I know like um, I'm in a class that deals with like uh, the chapels and stuff. And we've been talking about how for the past few years, it's felt like a, like a battle just with chapel in and of itself because of the response. It's like, almost nobody wanted to be there. And it was just so, we were like so tired and we were like, God, please, please. We just revival something we were just longing for. And it was like this past school, this school year, it was like that seed started growing and just the interaction. We were like, Oh, Oh yes, yes, yes. This is what, this is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been asking for because it's felt like a constant battle. And you know, even in private schools, I feel like sometimes it's worse because the devil knows what's going on. I mean, he wants to stop that, you know, share of Jesus and that, hey, you have somebody who's trying to war against your mind every single day. And so I think sometimes it can um, be really hard, but I think the world is 110% in a Christian school. And um, we were talking to somebody today and they were telling us like when we go off to college, don't just expect to go to a Christian school and everybody's going to be Christian because the world is still in it. There's still human things in that because everybody's fallen. Every area of life is fallen. There is no perfection in anything. Ladies, you agree? I do 100% agree that there is the world inside of our pub, our private school. But it is um, whenever you have that overarching like idea together and you do say, hey, like this is the challenges that we're facing, but we're going to face it this way. I think that's kind of what differs from a public school and yes. a private school. We have the same issues. It's just we handle it very differently. So when you have teachers that are aggressively praying over the students and mm -hmm. seeking out the relationships and seeking to solve the problems, I think that's what I've heard from people. Lauren, you can probably add to this about the teachers in public schools don't take the time to get to know the students. I think that's what's so special about the teachers in private school, that they genuinely care more about developing us as healthy Christians and good people that are ready to face the real world than just putting all of these um putting all this work on us to then prepare us as opposed to teaching us how to face them. Yeah. You know, I, I did an earlier podcast where uh, over my 50 plus years in education, I've seen a shift where when I first went into Christian schools, you heard things like character before career, uh, that building mm -hmm. godliness in a young person's life, that was our major focus, but it's sort of shifted. And now schooling in general and even in Christian schools uh, has become almost just uh, college and career preparation yeah. where we just pile on the academics because you got to be prepared. And oh, yes, if you get a little bit of Christian character, that's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, we, we've got to be prepared for college. Do you sense that pressure as young people? Yes. I'm not really so much here and stuff, but I know people in the public school system where it's just like, 
let's just get them. Let's just get them gone. And I know like even today it's gotten worse to the fact to the fact that some teachers are just like, let's just pass them. Let's just pass them. It doesn't really matter. Let's just let them go. It's okay. They'll get there at some point. And it's like nobody has the certain abilities that they used to. And that's a conversation that I've had with my parents. Like a lot of our generation, we don't know to deal with bank stuff and we don't know what, you know, a check was. We don't know how to write that. We don't know how to deal with a mortgage or insurance. And it's like, because it's so not talked about anymore. It's something that's like, oh, well, it's just online. You can figure it out when you get there. And it's like, well, uh, when we get there, we're clueless. And it's like, okay, well, we, we need help. We, we weren't taught about this. And I think it's something that should be taught. And I think a lot of times today, like in, in our school, you know, um, one of our teachers is trying to get it. So there's a um, like a class to teach us about money and debt and how to stay out of that and you know what to do in life with all of that stuff and I think that's something that sometimes the public school system doesn't really do anymore and it's like well yeah just let them go it's they'll figure it out on their own and it's like no no no. we're supposed to be taught and raised up in a way so we know how to do it once we get there yeah what happens we get well they've got to have more robotics and they've got to have more this and they they may be able to develop a robot but they can't balance a checkbook yeah and uh you know I I've often felt that my definition of education is it's preparing these young people their total lives for life and eternity Mm -hmm. yes we've got to prepare you for eternity but we've got to prepare you how to live in this world yeah i had uh, someone talk to me about that one time they gave me an analogy of um like a pill that is going to give you wisdom and in the context it was like marriage so like as a sophomore i'm like i'm not really thinking about marriage right now like that's so far down the road for me it's like, I'm trying to get through my next English test. But um, I, she was like, there's this pill. She was like, you can either like put it in your pocket for later or you can take it now and you can have the wisdom that you need, even though you may not use it in your life right now. I would rather have the wisdom that I need for a marriage, for how to manage my money now and how to do that in a godly way instead of learning it when it's too late and now all of a sudden it's crunch time and I need to figure out how to do this or I'm going to lose my house or my marriage is going to fall through. I want the Lord to be prominently displayed in the way that I do those things, even though like are those like worldly things that like a lot most of most people will get married. Most people will have a house in their life. But like, how can I put God into that? How can I have, make sure I have God in my marriage, make sure I have God in the way I manage my money, and can I have that wisdom now instead of later? Well, uh, I'm going to ask you three ladies a, a big question. It's for me. Uh, um, I, I don't know how much longer I'll be teaching, but I'm, I'm always trying to learn how to be a better teacher. Believe it or not, teachers want to be good, and we want <laughs> to be liked. Uh, we're, we're not those ogres who just come up with uh, tough test questions and things like this. What advice would you give to a new teacher, uh, someone who's just coming to your Christian school, that, that, boy, if teachers could do this, it would really help me in becoming a disciple of Jesus. I, 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 I'm spending six hours a day here. How, how could teachers, how could coaches, how could they help you in your walk with the Lord? Because I know they're going to want to help you with your knowledge, but how can they help you? Kelsey, why don't you start? Um, so I think a big thing is like last year in one of my in my science class, my teacher 
took one of our days and she just had us all write down what was going on in our lives. And it was kind of like a, you know, how are you doing mentally? How is school going? How's home and all this stuff. And we all wrote it down and she did it with all of her classes. And it left such a huge impact on my life because I was able to get it like all out. And we all wrote it on paper and then she wrote us all individual responses and, you know, gave us biblical advice and gave us verses and said, hey, I'll be praying for you. And I think that was something that I was like, okay, okay, God, I I see that there's people who care because I think a lot of times students just get in the mindset of it's just every day. It's the same thing every single day. I go to school, I come home, I go to sleep, I wake up. And I think whenever teachers take the time to actually individually ask, hey, how are you today? What What's going on in your life? How is, how's your relationship with Jesus? It's the intention catches our attention because we're just like, oh, okay, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not fighting this alone. And it's just, it's it makes you want to be better. It makes you want to go out and it makes you have a different view on life because it's like, okay, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety, but you know, the Bible says don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. And it's like when the teachers give us those tools to be able to live our life, it opens a whole new perspective of how we go day in and day out. And they're consistently checking on us. And I think that's a big thing, not just, hey, you have to pass this test or you have to pass my class. But no, I want you to succeed in life and succeed in your relationship with God. And I think that has made the most impact from my math teachers giving us devotions in the morning to my English teacher telling us praying before every test for us. And I think it's just that intention is what has made a difference and maybe and made me see like, hey, I, I want to be better because I know that they're better and I see him in their life and I want that. You know, interesting point there. Here they take time and they don't uh, go and have uh, time for those things because all they do is deal with the academics. Mm-hmm. Well, how are we going to cover the subject? But what I'm hearing you say is the fact that they took the time. Yeah. You want to learn more of the subject. Yes, yes. That That's interesting, you know, because so many times teachers feel, well, I've got to get through the textbook. Mm-hmm. And, and if I don't get through, they're not going to be ready for the next level. But yet the motivation for you to really work in that class was the attention that that teacher gave you. Yes. Blakely, what, what do you find? Yeah. So for me, I think that there's a balance of having rules and having relationship. And I think that rules without relationship is completely dead. Um, I think you have a teacher that they may be a really good teacher at getting the information into the kid's head and they have all these rules and their class strict, but they don't take the time to get to know the students and to ask the students, hey, how do you guys like to learn? Even in a sense of not talking about your relationship with God, the teachers that take the time to have class discussions. I learn more in discussion classes than I do when we're sitting being lectured. So I think that teachers, okay, this is also something that I really think I just kind of popped into my head, but we, I have, I'm taking a leadership class at our school. It's called leap leadership events and planning. So we're really like digesting what a good leader looks like and breaking it apart. Um, And one of the big things that stuck out to me that we've learned this year is that a good leader creates good followers but a great leader creates good leaders. So as teachers, instead of just creating good students, have kind of the mindset of, I want to create good adults that will function in society well, and that will carry on uh, this relationship with the Lord and this whole idea of what it looks like to be a Christian person. Try to create good adults instead of creating good students. Amen. That, that's a good thought. I'm going to have to write that one down. <laughs> so Lauren, would you add anything? 
Um, I definitely just really want to emphasize the personal relationships that you have with um, your teachers in a Christian environment um, because I think it was something that I always missed being in a public school environment for so long. My favorite teachers were the ones that got to know me, but the thing about that is it was one out of eight that I really remember that I would go into her room and she knew things about me personally, but now it's like I know that I can go to my math teacher for wisdom beyond words. I know that if I need prayer, I go straight to my chemistry teacher. And it's just having those people around you. Also, biblical integration in the classroom. Like seeing how the Lord gets worked into like a Spanish class. Like how do you even work Jesus into Spanish? But for some reason, I always miss that like in a public setting, like a public school setting, I just never, like it was learning to learn. It was learning to pass the test. But here it's learning to get to know the Lord through these subjects that you're going to need to be an adult. Like I'm going to need some math background, some English background to go into college, to go into my field of study and having that biblical integration just motivates me to learn that much more. Oh, that that's great to hear. I, I know um, I just want to be around the young people, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I find out what they enjoy. I can remember when I was doing some part-time teaching at a Christian school one Saturday, uh, their volleyball team was over uh, quite a ways away uh, for a tournament, and I got up and drove over, and I had some parents say, why are you over here? It's a Saturday morning and it's 50 miles away. And I I said, well, when students come to my class, I expect them to give me their attention. So I thought I would give my attention to something they enjoy. And, uh, you know, when I, when I go to games and things like this, I'm watching young people and say, okay, I can see how they handle this or Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So I I think that's so important. I want to talk about one more thing that's heavy on my heart. You know, in the scriptures, you find people referred to as a child or an adult. Uh, but, but in our culture, uh, since probably the 20s, 30s, 40s, back in there, they developed this uh, new social group called adolescence, the teenage years. And uh, I, how, how does Gen Z, because I, I think the world looks at the youth as, well, they, they're not serious about life. Uh, they're just having fun. How, how does Gen Z look at the teenage years? Someone start. It's a fun time to live your life how you want to live your life is a worldly perspective on it that I have seen. It's where we think that these decisions that we make now aren't going to affect us when we're out of college and we're in the career that we want. We think that the relationships we have now, the mistakes that we make now are just, it's going to be just high school and it's, you're not going to look back on it, but truly the um, addictions that you may develop now, the relationships that you develop now affect how you see relationships in the future. Like I can even speak to relationships that have like made me distrust in other people around me and just have caused me to put emotional walls up between myself and even between me and the Lord, where I'm not fully trusting him because the second that I did fully trust 
another one, another person here on earth, they broke that trust and it affected all sorts of relationships. And we just see like as soon as we hit, as soon as I hit 22, I'll be serious about my life. I'll get to know God later in life. And these are where we have so much influence. Like, I don't think we realize it, realize as teenagers, like how much that even like younger people may look up to us, whether it's younger siblings or younger students at school, like they are looking up to us. And like, I can even speak to you, like Kelsey, like I look up to the senior class, like so much Hmm. because you have so many bold leaders in that class. And, um, we don't realize the influence that we have. And that's something that we just take advantage of so often. And we throw our lives away for ages 13 to 18, however much it may be. And uh, if you think of the emerging adults, it can go up into the 20s. Absolutely, because you never learned to have that discipline that you were supposed to be developing. Uh, One of the other two, share your thoughts on. So um, one of the quotes, we actually had a guest speaker come today into our class, and it's one of our alumni's mom came and spoke in our leadership class today, and she said this quote, every action you take is a vote for the person you want to be. I think that we don't realize our, well, the things that we do and the things that we say when we're younger are going to equate into our life later. Um, because I like to look at it from a action step standpoint, right? So the way that you live your life is based on the way that you look at life. The way that you look on life is based on your attitude. Your attitude is based on a habit of thought that you have. So every thought that you have, whether you're allowing that to be a, hey, I'm going to have fun right now, or whether you're allowing that to be, hey, I'm going to make the godly choice, the more times that you have those thoughts is going to create a habit in your mind, which then shapes your attitude and goes into the rest of flows down the chain. And then you end up living your life a way that you, you can't take that back. So a lot of times people try to say, Hey, right now I'm going to live my life and I'm going to have fun. And then years down the road, I'm going to change my behavior and then I'll be a good person. Uh, this is also one of her quotes. It says, change is not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. So we, we don't have the opportunity to live our lives for 10, 20 years as adolescents to then go and change our behavior and become that as an adult. You're going to have to take that entire time of you being adult and reversing and really transforming and renewing your mind to reshape the way that you think about everything. And you, and you may end up have wasted so many good years. Yes. Kelsey, your I mean, um, I think like a lot of like kind of what they said, just all of it together and stuff. It's just a lot of it is it just doesn't matter right now. Like they're like, well, whatever I do, it's not going to meet up with me. I can leave it in the past. And as soon as I turn 20, everything falls away and I'm a totally new person. I know even with like social media and stuff, people post whatever they want to post, but it's like, it's always there. And that's something that like my mom like told me from a young age, whenever technology and social media started coming out, she was like, you just need to be careful what she posts and the things that you put online, because it's going to come back to you one day when you're trying to get a job and they start looking at the type of person you are and the things that you post. And they're like, Oh, just kidding. We do not want her representing our name. And it's something that I think a lot of people in our day do not realize that their stuff never goes away. It's always going to be there. Somebody's always going to find it. There's always a screenshot on somebody's phone and they think it just doesn't matter because I'm a teenager. So, I, you know, I'm dumb anyways. I can say what I want to say. It doesn't have enough value. But I think, you know, like they said, something that they don't realize that, that a lot of 
you know, young people don't realize is that they have so much influence. Even at a young age, I think some adults look to teenagers more than they look to older people because, you know, they, oh, I really wish I could go back to my teen years or something like that because they're like, there was so much more I could have done, but I just didn't care. I just let it waste away because I was so excited that when I turned 20, it would do such a difference. But then you get there and it's like, oh, I messed up. Oh, I messed up. And I think it's just something that, you know, it just doesn't matter to some teens anymore. It's just like, well, I'm 18. It's not that big of a deal. It it appears that, and and I think this is true for adults too, unfortunately, because I I see young people, they're just sort of barometers uh, of what they see in the adult population. Mm -hmm. But we... We expect immediate gratification. Yes. So, okay, if I read my Bible and sing in chapel, I should get a blessing the next hour. Yes. <laughs> and if that doesn't happen, well, you know, I tried that. And they also believe that it's sort of the existential view that whatever I do now, when that's over, it's done with. There are no consequences. Yep. Would that be true? Yes. Yes. That true. And what happens is we live life without purpose. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to be adults, we say, what am I supposed to do? Yep. That's when people start asking the hard questions. It's like when you get to that adult stage, like that's when people are going to look at you and it's like, okay, well, now that you got here, now that you turned 20, now that you graduated college, what are you doing with your life? And then all of a sudden we're going to freeze because... A career isn't going to be instant gratification. You have to search for that. You have to pursue that. Like maybe you start at the bottom rung of a company and you want to get to the top. Well, it's hard work. And we don't, I have said earlier, we don't do hard well. But the instant gratification that we've been just trained with that like we think that that's all that life is because that's what we get right now. We get instant gratification from our friends and we get instant gratification from the likes on social media. And that's not how life works. Well, again, great conversation. And uh, I hope that if you're listening and you're involved in a Christian school, this has been an encouragement and a challenge to you because we've got to do more to invest in this younger generation so they can reach their full potential in Christ. Again, thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Currents. Uh, Please share this podcast with others and subscribe. And uh, again, send me your questions, your comments, so we can address them on future episodes of Kingdom Currents. Allow me to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, Frameworks. The support of this Biblical Worldview initiative is what makes the Kingdom Currents podcast possible. Northwest Christian School in Phoenix, Arizona, has partnered with many well-known and established ministries to create relevant online courses taught from a Biblical Worldview context. Some of these partners include Young Life, Likewise Worship, Summit Ministries, Stand a Reason, and more. This initiative allows all high school students, whether they attend public, private, or home schools, to take elective courses online where they can actually get credit for these courses at their own schools. 
For more information on this exciting new initiative, Frameworks, go to ncsaz.org. Again, to learn more about Frameworks, go to ncsaz.org.